0: Me whole, I, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons.
1: Thank you for coming and listening to the Bad Taste Crimecast. Yeah, I'm Janelle. Yeah, I'm Biggie. I'm <laughs> <I'm Peggy. laughs> How dare you? I try to put pep into my step on this <laughs> one, and you just mock me. Sorry. Hi.
0: Okay, this is the last Welcome episode the of the Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> I quit. <laughs> and thanks for listening. And
1: we're only five episodes in. Yeah, we yeah, quit. No. <laughs> um anyway. So this is episode six? six. Yep. Oh, this is exciting.
0: I know we're almost <laughs> at that. 10 episode mark. Almost. <laughs> almost. Give a couple four, more Four episodes away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, because we're bi-weekly in case you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's going on? You got anything interesting for me? I know you like to give me a little news. Oh, yeah. I know you're my
0: little newsy. <laughs> yeah! So, have you heard about the Facebook killer? I actually have not. person who has been dubbed the Facebook you killer. You briefly said something and I was like, What? Yeah, and it's fair it's fairly <laughs> recent. Um this happened it says on Sunday, which I it is last let's see, it would have been April sixteenth. Steve Stevens Posted a video that's of a serial killer. Name.
1: Yeah, right. Oh wait, no. Yes, I did hear about this. He posted I didn't the video. Know he was being dubbed the Facebook. Killer. Yeah, that's what
0: they've called okay. him, I guess. <laughs> Uh So he's he posted a video of the murder of seventy four year old Robert Goodwin in Cleveland on Sunday. And the video it got posted to Facebook and it remained up on the website and mobile app for nearly two hours. This has kind Facebook of Facebook Live
1: needs to fucking yeah. stop.
0: Well <laughs> in the in the wake of all this, Facebook has actually come out and commented about um some of the ways that it's gonna be looking to make it easier it for people to report the videos. <laughs> yeah. And basically to speed up the process of reviewing the items once they have been reported. Um There was a quote from the Facebook, let's see, Facebook's Vice President for Global Operations and Media Partnerships, Justin Osofsky, said in a statement, quote, as a result of this terrible series of events, we are reviewing our reporting flows to be sure people can report videos and other material. That violates our standards as easily and quickly as possible. In this case, we did not receive a report about the first video, and we only reviewed a report about the second video containing the shooting more than an hour and 45 minutes after it was posted. We received reports about the third video containing the man's live confession only after it had ended. We disabled the suspect's account within 23 minutes of receiving the first report about the murder video and two hours after receiving a report of any kind, but we know we need to do better. No, you don't say. Yeah. Well, and I do, I will say kudos to Facebook for at least coming out and being like, yeah, this is a problem. Well, they didn't you come know? out and say
1: that when there was uh, someone being raped live on there. Yeah. But, you know, it takes a murder, I guess.
0: Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, and actually, so uh, Steve Stevens killed himself in the yeah, police chase. And following that... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who uh, is the he owner, is and he is Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he spoke publicly and commented that uh, he said, "Our hearts go out to the family and friends of Robert Goodwin Sr. and we have a lot of work. We will keep doing all we can to prevent tragedies from uh, tragedies like this from happening again. So let's see what they do. I mean, it basically sounds like they're going to have a little bit better." reviewing process, but
1: I mean... The thing is with the live video, Yeah, it will take a few moments for someone to actually report it and review it, but it's still going to continue to keep going.
0: Well, and I don't know if it was a <laughs> live video or if it was like a video he took and then posted. I think it was Facebook Live. Really? I think he did it on yeah. Facebook Live. And it's interesting to see... The reason I wanted to talk about this one is because it's going to be really interesting to see in this age of instant information and instant sharing, um, like instant social sharing, it's really hard to to get through all this junk and find stuff like this that's being posted to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there have been things that have been posted to Twitter or posted to YouTube to be able to quickly go through and t- uh, take those things down when it's something like this because there's an equal amount of um, psychological ramifications on the people viewing where they actually identify with the victims in the videos and can suffer um, trauma by, they can basically suffer mental trauma by identifying too much. I don't wanna say identifying too much with the victims, but in a mental state, you almost put yourself in their place by watching mm-hmm. it online and it can have a sort it's of mental modern trauma. Modern day snuff. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. And I understand why they created it. It, You know, it's a marketing tool. It's good for people, you know, who want people to come to an event and things like that. But
0: it's
1: also being used for very nefarious things. Like the people who record on Facebook Live beating that uh, mentally handicapped child yeah there was a rape recorded on Mm -hmm. facebook live of a teenage girl and this has all happened in the
0: last like four months of all of this shit happening so we'll see what they do to try to fix this but that's that's one piece of newsy kind of stuff i got going today um
1: Uh, i just wanted to briefly mention crime con because i keep looking at it and keep getting really depressed because I really want to go. <sighs> so it's uh, happening in Indianapolis, uh, June 9th through the 11th. And it is it looks amazing. things that I dream about. Yeah. Okay. Standard admission for the weekend is $329. Who the fuck has that? Not, Not me. That's why we have a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's going to be some awesome people there. Okay. Ninty Grace well. is going to be there. I don't fucking like her, but if you, Whatever. Shrill at her while she's talking—that would be great. Um, Ethelie Bailey, hello. He's yeah. going to be there. He's having a, his own panel. Ah,
0: oh, Jim Clementi. Jim I Clementi. Love
1: him. Um, fucking Ken Kratz, that piece of shit from making a murder is going to be there. If you just yeah. want to go and chuck eggs at his face, that'd be fine too. He's trying to reclaim his name because everyone who watched that documentary was like. What a fucking bumbling idiot. Yeah. And then he wrote a book and he's like, it's all wrong, see? Don't listen to them. And it's like, no, you are really just a fucking moron. Janelle's Um, got strong opinions. I do. (laughs) Web Sleuths is going to be there. Joshua Zeman and Rachel Mills, you know them from Cropsey and all their wonderful documentary series. Um, An interesting panel that's occurring is going to be survivors and family members of the East Area Rapist, which... Whoa, that would be really, bring your Kleenexes. Yeah, that's that would be gonna really be really interesting
0: to see. Yeah, um,
1: and there's gonna be a shit ton of podcasts. Oh, yeah, thinking sideways, generation Y, last podcast on the left, fucking real, true crime, garage, real
0: crime profile. I mean,
1: up and vanished, the vanished, there's just like yeah, everything actual, I listen to actual innocence, forgettings will be there, oh, white wine, true crime, like yeah, all these amazing things. So, if you can not afford it. <laughs> yeah, um definitely. I, that go. would be
0: so cool to go. Maybe we.
1: I mean, if someone wants to donate some tickets to us, maybe, yeah. maybe we can even share a pass. Like, I'll tag you in. You can go see <laughs> something, and then you can give me the yeah, pass, really and I'll go see something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we could do that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that yeah, would be super if you can fun. afford it, and if you can get to Indianapolis. Um, it looks amazing.
0: Who knows? Maybe we'll be one of the podcasts there one day. Maybe
1: Wouldn't one that day. Would be fucking cool? We will have. Actually, three hundred dollars to even afford a ticket.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if you're a person there, do you have to pay to go? Is no, that it works. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, maybe, I mean, maybe they'll invite us there. As that's gonna be twenty for podcast. Twenty
1: eighteen goals yeah. is Bad Taste Crimecast is gonna be a Crime Con twenty eighteen. Hashtag twenty eighteen goals. Yes. So <laughs> hashtag twenty eighteen Crime Con. Yes. BT crimecast. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> Get us there, people! Oh my
0: goodness! <laughs> okay,
1: so we're gonna take another crazy turn yeah. on this podcast adventure. We're just go. We're just stepping outside of our comfort zone. I know. Right Last
0: now. week we did a different episode. <laughs> I think we're trying. We're we're kind of trying to. Put a bunch of different things out there mm-hmm. and see what sticks.
1: See what people like to listen to. Yeah. Um, I like all kinds of things. I'm mm-hmm. all over the map. I love conspiracy theories, true crime, disappearances. That's something yep. else I would like to look into. Um, But another wonderful thing that I enjoy is um, hauntings. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I was in, like, sixth grade this is my first experience of the paranormal and it wasn't even my experience. I was witnessing someone experience it. So my thing is I don't necessarily live in ghosts because I have never had a personal experience, Mm -hmm. but I have seen and heard enough from people to want to know more and want to seek it out and find out if it's true or not. Um, I mean, my boyfriend's told me stories. I've seen people having experiences and it fascinates me to think that you know there is an afterlife. There is something out there. there yeah, are spirits roaming around. Right. Um, I would rather believe in that than aliens. If you know, I mean, Vicky knows. If yeah. you bring up aliens, yeah. I will fucking shut you down. Like, I know they exist, don't talk about it. <laughs> like that, I'm like, I know they're out there, don't even say it's it, because like, they're going to come. A
0: conscious, <laughs> conscious denial is what we'll call yes. it.
1: <laughs> but with ghosts, I'm
0: like, I want
1: to see a ghost.
0: You Why wanna see haven't I seen a ghost? Why would you not want to see an alien, though?
1: Because of all of the stories <laughs> I have heard about aliens, I don't like to be diddled. Like a fiddle. (laughs) Okay, aliens. (laughs) Because everything you hear is like, oh, they're touching you. Okay, I don't even like humans to touch me, so not an alien. (laughs) But that's beside the point. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about hauntings today, but I just wanted to tell you a little story. When I was in sixth grade, I had a friend who lived out in the middle of nowhere in Union. And she had this nice house and... One side of her yard was a forest. One side was a beautiful prairie field. The other side was a cornfield. And we had spent the night, like me and a couple other girls, and she had a Ouija board. And so we decided that we are going to take the Ouija board outside and play with it on her trampoline. So we were playing with it on the trampoline. Like, nothing was really happening. It was just like... Doing like a err uh, err uh, back and forth and nothing was being spelled, nothing was happening. So I was like, well, whatever, this is fucking stupid. So we tossed off the trampoline and we're just laying there. And it's like a pretty clear night, and you could see the stars, and it was beautiful outside. It was the middle of summer, you know, or this little kids, whatever. Her parents were like, Yeah, just don't leave the property. So we're sitting there, and the girl who was next to me just abruptly just sits up and is like staring off into the forest and is she okay? Like, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, is she sick? Did we have something bad for dinner? Like, those are the thoughts running through my head. Right. And she just screams. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I sit up, and the other two girls sit up, and we're like, dude, what's going on? She's like, did you not just see that? And I'm like, looking around, like, what the fuck? And then the other girl next to me screams. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it was just me and the girl sitting directly across from me. We didn't see anything, but the two girls next to us saw something. What she said she saw, the first girl, was a black shadowy figure walking. So, like, we were in between three pine trees. Okay. was where the trampoline was. And she heard something and she looked and she saw something walk from the forest, get closer to us, and then disappear. And so she stood up and screamed And then she saw it come from the tree that was directly next to us and walk behind the other tree. And so when we all, like, stood up and were like, what the fuck? The other girl said she saw it walk from the second tree around the back of us. And she freaked the fuck out. I didn't see anything. Yeah. The other girl next to me, across from me, didn't see anything. And the other two girls did. So I was like, okay, what? What is going on? So, that was my first experience with anything supernatural. I don't know what the fuck happened. So apparently, they saw something. Apparently, they attributed that to the Ouija board experience that we had, which was really absolutely nothing happened. It was just was like over the moon and nothing yeah. happened. It was just doing that. Janelle so, was just rubbing
0: her hand <laughs> on the table. It was like, you can't do that,
1: back and forth over the moon. So we freaked the fuck out, went in the house, and stayed in her room. And the girl who owned the house was the first person to see something. And she shoved the sleeping bag under the door. Like, that was going to stop yeah. some sort of entity coming right. in. So I was like, bitch, you gotta salt the doorway. <laughs> you can't just stop a sleeping bag under it. <laughs> I watched way too much Charmed. Um, <laughs> Charmed is yeah. not... You know, good for someone who's young. So, that was, like, my (laughs) first soiree into the supernatural world. And it wasn't even my experience. So, I was, like, kind of interested ever since then. So, I'm going to regale you with a few tales of our local haunts. So, some stories that we've heard growing up and... When I was in high school, I picked up this book called Weird Illinois, The Travel Guide. Oh, we have that. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of gives you like these weird, there's like ghost stories, but also like interesting facts about weird shit that happened in Illinois. Um, There's also a McHenry County book that I had bought Mm because it's kind of like the area where we are closer to um, that also mentions in the history of some of these houses that are still like historical areas. The ghost stories behind them. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It was like the lost farms of Illinois. Oh,
0: geez. And it was just, just like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Illinois on. has a lot of farmland mm-hmm. and a lot of really creepy looking houses and buildings and cemeteries and roads and. Yeah,
1: it's a creepy fucking yeah.
0: place out here. But that's why I thought
1: this would be an interesting, fun topic to just like kind of talk about some creepy, old, haunted places. Yeah, like us. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So you want to go first with your story? We can go, sure. Like, back and forth. Do do
0: like a back and forth? <laughs> yeah, <thing>. sure. <laughs> so the the first one I'm going to talk about is the Palmer House in Crystal Lake. It's um, I've actually driven past it like a gazillion times. And it's really just a small house. I mean, it's your standard, like, two-story, not-really-big house mm-hmm. um, on the corner of a really busy intersection that has a historical sign in front of it. And <laughs> yeah. I've always kind of wondered, okay, you know, what's going they on can't. there?
1: Moving the road, too, like, closer and closer. And I'm like, one of these yeah. days, they're going to contemplate knocking that down, yeah. and people are going to lose their shit.
0: <laughs> well, the Palmer House actually belonged to Gustavus A. Palmer and his wife Henrietta, who had... a Come to McHenry County from Nunda, New York, by covered wagons, circa 1841. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> back when covered wagons were all the rage. <laughs> they were the only. <laughs> they rage. were the only. Rage. <laughs> uh, they were early pioneers to the McHenry County area, and they had purchased the land from the federal government to start their homestead. Uh, The Colonel, as Gustavus A. Palmer was called by his neighbors, he eventually acquired the 300 acres of property around that um, and turned it into farmland. Um, He also hired Andrew Jackson Simmons, uh, Simons, probably Simons, uh, who was a local architect to build his house, which was a Greek revival and Federalist style brick home. It was built in 1858.
1: It's a very pretty house. Yeah, it you is. You can, like, rent it out for, you know, events, to it mm-hmm. if you want to do that. And it is a historical
0: <laughs> site, so you can kind mm-hmm. of, you can go and walk around the house, and they give you, you know, little pamphlets with mm-hmm. stuff on it. Um, it is still located on the original site at the corner of Route uh, 176 and Terracotta Road, um, but it was donated to the city of Crystal Lake in 1979 and maintained by the Colonel Palmer House Restoration Association. And then in 1998, the Crystal Lake Park District entered into a 99-year lease for the house and two acres of property. So, obviously... The three hundred acres is way built up. If you're ever out there, it's way built up now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just have the it's two like all roads, mm-hmm. and I think
1: the park is kind of on um, part of the property too. Like there's veteran acres park, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and now, like I said, now it's open for public tours, special events. Um, the house actually contains the office of the Crystal Lake Historical Society, who maintains the records of Crystal Lake history. And blah 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 blah. <laughs> Let's get to the interesting stuff. Yeah. The hauntings. hauntings. I do that. In, yeah. Every time we say haunting, <laughs> it was funny because when I was looking at hauntings in our area, do you believe in ghosts, Vicky? We well, never, you never mentioned this I know I th- I definitely lean more towards yes than no I mm. don't have a definitive answer for that right. I don't think anybody really does. I definitely need... I'm a person that needs some sort of solid proof. Exactly. That's why
1: I was like, I want to believe
0: in it, but yeah. I have never seen it. Either. Yeah. And I have had plenty of friends who have had experiences. I, myself, have had weird, unexplainable experiences. For instance, like, um, out of Bloods Point Road. I don't know if you guys ever went out there, but Bloods Point Road in Rockford is supposed to be a really haunted area. Yeah, Rockford there's, has very haunted. <laughs> yeah. They have... There's a couple of spots. There's the... Um, there's, like, a bridge. It's, I think, a bridge that a train uses mm-hmm. that we used to go out, and we would just sit in our cars with the lights off and just hang out and see. Maybe there we was a see. train
1: accident somewhere yeah. around the area.
0: There's another um, another bridge further down on the road that is one that goes over train tracks that is supposed to be one of those where you could put baby powder on the back of your car, and then <laughs> you see, you know. I love those stories. Yeah, And then there is, uh, I think it's the Blood Bloods Point Road cemetery, or is it a cemetery near there that's supposed to be super duper active and a cra- bunch of crazy shit. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of crazy stories, Um or things like the Illinois Railway Museum, su- which I do think is super fucking haunted, Um but I personally have never had any experiences mm-hmm. there. But I have heard tons of stories about weird shit happening there, so I am a little, I'm on the fence, I'm leaning a little more towards yes, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, it's yeah we'll see yes yeah exactly <laughs> or will <we? laughs> uh so with the haunt hauntings that i looked up a lot of the time it's stories from rumors of like mm-hmm. you know kids making up like because it's stories. a creepy old house yeah and like, yeah oh, there must be a ghost it's 100 years old i live in a hundred year old house yeah it's not know, haunted yeah okay <laughs> <But> <laughs> is there, it, i've been there for is three years haunted?
1: the first thing my boyfriend said when we moved in He's like, what if it's haunted? I was like, don't fucking say that! Because now it's gonna be haunted, you <laughs> asshole! When he, said that, yeah. <laughs> when he said that, I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night, because he's told me stories before where he's had the bed sheets ripped off of him, and he thought his old house was haunted. I was like, you better not fucking wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me that there's sheets
0: being ripped off of you. <laughs> um, maybe it's Oh, that's yes. haunted and not He's the probably house. probably having, <laughs> like, lucid dreams or yeah. whatever that is. <laughs> uh, so that is definitely the case with this story, where it's super-duper just rumors. Mm-hmm. All rumors. Um, but the story goes that the um, guy who had lived in the Palmer house was, the Palmer house was actually an orphanage. And that the, the man who owned it was supposed to be this really cruel man who beat the children that lived there. And there were even claims that he had killed somebody within this orphanage. I mean, it could have
1: happened. Orphanages back in that time period were... On par with mental
0: institutions. One problem. <laughs> it was never an orphanage? It was never an, okay. yeah. it, like, was never uh-uh. an <laughs> it was never an orphanage. It was a really successful farm. You have tons of farmland. It was a never an orphanage. So right off the bat. But people have reported uh, hearing the sounds of children crying coming from within the house, even when the house is empty. And the sounds of children scratching at doors and stamping on the floor are also some other things that people have said. Um in the the legend, the story, it says that particularly naughty children were sent to the basement, which is also where bodies were temporarily kept before uh, they were disposed. Oh no goody. <laughs> people some people have reported to see the sad faces of children in the basement windows. And they have also said that these faces show up on different photographs that have been taken of the house. Would be really cool if it were true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The fact that the claims are about this really abusive guy who owned an orphanage and the house was literally never an orphanage. Uh, You uh, you make up your own mind, but I'm just saying, (laughs) does not sound too legit to me. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that one's, <laughs> it's, old it's, house. It's, it's just a creepy old house. Yeah. I would, I mean, if you want to go and check it out, they have a website, um, online through the Chris Lake Park District, but I mean, it's worth going to at least take a look at. It's a piece of history.
1: Yeah. It's a very you know? nice,
0: very nice house. Yeah. So <laughs> your
1: turn. It's Palmer House. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my first haunted house is going to, is going to be the Stickney Mansion. Okay. Now, the Stickney Mansion is in Bull Valley, which is actually not too far from Crystal Lake. Literally, like, ten minutes. Not even. Um, It is presently housing the police department for Bull Valley (laughs) in the basement.
0: Just the basement?
1: Yeah, like, the bottom floor. Oh. And then the rest of the building is all storage for some reason. Um, But there is a Stickney Mansion historical society who was trying to, um, fix up the rest of the house so that it can be open to the public for tours and events like the Palmer house. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you a little history of the Stickney mansion. Um, George and Sylvia Stickney built this English country style house in the middle of the 1800s, um, in a secluded area of bull Valley. So, um, they, I want to say that they were German if I remember correctly. Had come and staked a claim in this uh, area before even the first settlers were, yeah. you know, coming out here. So wow. they were, they had claimed they were, like, land
0: first out here. They
1: claimed land before anyone started setting up anything. So that's usually what happens a lot. Like I'll, I'm very into. I used to work at the Historical Society of McHenry County and like reading all the, you know. Nunda is a township now, and, Mm -hmm. like, Stickney is a road, and, like, the Palmer House, I mean, there's roads named Palmer, like, all these people that came here before this was even a city, or a town, or a county, even, their names are everywhere, and I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh... That's a road, or that's a school, the Hannah Beardsley School. That was a real person. Like, yeah. she
0: was one of the family members that founded Crystal Lake. I actually didn't know that, because yeah. I, I play uh, volleyball up at Hannah Beardsley. Yeah, so there's a, I mean, interesting. If
1: there's a treasure trove of interesting facts. Yeah. If you want to, like, go in, um, to like, your local historical museum, look this stuff up, It's so interesting just to know how the place you live started. Yeah. But the Stickneys kind of developed Bull Valley. Um, They owned, I wanted to say, 200 acres. Um, So a huge swath of land. A very large amount of land. Um, They decided they were going to build their house and start their family. So they built this beautiful house with rounded corners. So this is where, like, the interesting part comes in. So George and Sylvia Stickney were spiritualists.
0: This house looks super cool, by it's, the way. It's gorgeous, it is a really. You can cool go house. and visit. Yeah. You can go inside,
1: but I mean, you be aware that you will be seeing the police department <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if you're
0: going inside. It might not be for all. Um, reasons. you
1: can come in. They will let you like look in the first floor where the police department is.
0: There are, so, do they have like jail cells and shit in there or no? I don't think they have jail cells. Because they're is it not. more of like an office? Yeah, it's more of like that? an office
1: building. Um, it's a very small police permit. There's like four people.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say the house is, the house itself is It's isn't not even huge. Oh yeah,
1: it's huge. It has a ballroom on the second floor. It's a giant house. Yeah. If you look at some of the pictures, um, old, old pictures, cause it, it kind of got run down in the middle of the 70s. Uh, people inhabited it and lit fires in the middle of the floor to keep them warm so that they wouldn't have to turn the heat on. So they, I mean, people destroyed this beautiful mansion. Um, and so that's why they're trying to kind of clean it up and make it, you know, better because they were talking about knocking it down and the police department kind of came in there and said like, we're going to start here and we're going to fix this part. And then they brought in the historical society and they started like, we're going to save this house. Sure. So they built this beautiful house with just gorgeous, rounded corners. Um, I think I have... Oh, that's a, that's a picture of George Stickney. Just looks look like look a that beard. classic 1800s dude. So they were <coughs> spiritualists. And if you know anything about spiritualism, um, it is kind of like the belief or practice of kind of connecting with and um, contacting the dead. So, like, having a close relationship with the past um, and honoring your ancestors and communicating with them and offering things to them. So, spiritualism started in the 1840s and kind of concluded in the 20s when you think of, like, women – Think of like Houdini. Yeah. Houdini would have seances. That's a big thing in spiritualism. And you think of the woman with the turban in the middle of the table, going, "Oh, I'm connecting with the man." Oh, yeah. And it makes he's me dressed think- in black.
0: It and makes the- me think a little bit of uh, Have you ever watched *Penny Dreadful*? Yes. Where they emit—that's mm-hmm. what it makes me think yeah. of—is where you get together at like a party, and then you have like this yes. big seance production. So
1: put to on. me, it kind of is like the way that Scientology is today. Oh, it's God. <laughs> very, it's very big with the rich people. It's yeah. very, like, bougie. And yeah. kind of, um, a lot of people didn't even believe that it was a real thing, that these people who were doing these seances, these mediums, they didn't have any actual legitimate powers. That it was all, you know, made up. And even Houdini, he made, like, a pact with his wife, like, if this is real, you're going to contact me and we're going to know after you die that it's really? real. He spent the rest of his life trying to contact his wife. Aww, that's
0: adorably sad. It's
1: very sad. And he actually debunked a considerable amount of people people who were claiming they were mediums. Yeah. And saying, like, it's all smoke and mirrors. Because he's also a magician. He knows how to trick people. Right. And he was seeing all these people using, you know, crazy things to make the tables levitate and to make it sound like, you know there was someone in the room or there was smoke and, you know, they would use fake crystal balls with lights to make it seem like there was a face in it. Mm -hmm. So some innovative technology was happening. Um, So they were spiritualists and supposedly Sylvia, the wife was a medium and she would contact people from the dead for others. And she would hold these huge lavish seances in their ballroom upstairs. So they have these big, Giant parties, and they would bring people in from all over the place, like pretty far away. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, they were like one of the only people that lived in this area, and yeah. they were bringing people in from far away, like Chicago, Wisconsin, um, to come to these seances and to maybe be able to have contact with a loved one. Um, so the Stickneys had their family in this house. They had 10 children, but only three of them survived. So, seven children died in this house.
0: Wow. Of
1: various afflictions. Um, one of them died in, as an infant, just died. Yeah. So, well, kind I guess of like back now, like a sudden a infant death syndrome. You know. Yeah. So, something like that. Um, a lot of them had the flu. One of them had, um, was it, rubella? Oh, a Like a, fe- like yeah, a red yeah. scarlet yeah. fever kind of thing. Um, so, seven of their children died. And as her kids were dying, because they were all pretty close at age as they were dying. Um, she started to dive deeper and deeper into spiritualism and it was said that she kind of was becoming unhinged because she started doing seances, not just at parties, but by herself up in the ballroom, trying to contact her dead children.
0: Oh, so like obsessively Obsessively trying to... Obsessively
1: trying to contact the children. And she would say things like, I, you know, I'm talking to Lizzie, I can hear her, I can feel her, I can see her. So she started like kind of losing her shit. Um... A fun thing about the mansion is supposedly the architecture and we'll put up some pictures. Um, so it's a rounded outside. According to spiritualism, you want to be in a room that has no 90 degree angles because 90 degree angles collect negative energy and dark, you know, sources and things. Um, evil spirits will latch onto that 90 degree angle. So supposedly they created this house with rounded corners to alleviate any chance that there might be an evil spirit attaching to their house. Right.
0: Which does, it makes the outside look a little unusual, because it's like a rounded square. It is. yeah. But
1: if you know anything about architecture at the time period, that was actually a very popular thing to do, because rounded barns were also a hot thing. Rounded. Um, rounded. barns <laughs> and rounded corners of outside of the houses. Not oh, necessarily gotcha. the rooms, yeah, but yeah. their interiors are also rounded. Yeah. So not just the outside of their house, but the interior as well. Um. So, there are, are no 90-degree angles in the house. Um, well, eventually, one day, further down the line, I want to say he had been living there for maybe 12 years, something like that, 12, 15 years, mm-hmm. um, the husband, George, was found slumped over in a chair in a corner of the library. Now... You know, what people are saying was that actually that corner of the library was a 90-degree angle, and it was the only one in the house, and he was found dead there, and he had a weird look on his face like he had been frightened, and really dun, – Dun-dun-dun! Yeah. Yeah. They suspect that it was a heart attack, but they couldn't find evidence of a heart attack. Okay. Because he was just – it looked like he was sleeping. Yeah. And usually, if you have a heart attack, you're a little. I mean, do
0: you know how old he was? Did you say? Uh, that? Um, I was because I mean, I feel like if he was an older guy, it's just as likely that it was like he was he a little older, away but not sleeper, crazy you know? old.
1: I think he was like in his fifties, which okay. at the
0: time, I guess that I mean, mean that's there, a little yeah. bit.
1: Old. I mean, the eighteen whatevers. Yeah, no, it would be nineteen. 19- no, I don't know. Twenty year, almost twenty years. Yeah, eighteen eighties. I'm 1880s? right. Yeah. <laughs> So he was found dead in there, and this is what kind of made uh, Sylvia go insane. And she started to take her medium traveling act on the road and go around doing seances for people and saying, like, I have contacted my husband, I've contacted my children, there are evil forces in the world, and claiming, like, all this bullshit that she said she encountered in the house is why her husband is dead, and her husband is from the grave begging her to stop doing this. Um, because the more she talks about it, the worse things are going to happen, mm. and that's where their story just stops. There's nothing else after that. There's a couple newspaper clippings that kind of talk about her being a medium in the early yeah. 1900s, but that's it. She was she lived well into her 70s, mm-hmm. so I mean, take that story with a grain yeah. of salt. I, yeah. I mean, it is proven. Like there are stories that she said she was clairvoyant, and she. Did hold seances and their children did die in that house, but
0: I'm sure it's just like a lot of the stuff yeah. that we have where it's sometimes, in, especially in stories like that, it's hard to differentiate between what's fact and what has kind of been added throughout mm-hmm. the years. And
1: so, I mean, the thing with that house too is in the 70s, like I had mentioned before, there were people who were squatting in the house basically and like setting fires on it, and supposedly according to a couple people that I know that actually had lived here at the time said that everyone thought those people were Satanists. Ah, uh,
0: so, our friends, the Satanists. This
1: was late seventies, early eighties. Oh yeah. Where that they were, about right. where the house was dilapidated. People were going in there setting fires to stay warm, just like hobos and stuff. Yeah. And they were saying that the people who were inhabiting that house were Satanists. Uh. And so this is where a lot of the lore now comes oh, that you from. don't – if you
0: don't know what's going on, blame it on the Satanists. Exactly. So they yep. say that you
1: can you can see fires raging inside the house when the house is not on fire at all. So mm. look at the windows. It looks like there's fire. Yeah. And that you will hear children crying. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, and the basic, like, cold spots and yeah, on yeah. the doors and things like that. Yeah. But I thought the raging fires was interesting because that didn't happen until over a hundred years later, almost. yeah. And people are like, oh, you can see fires raging in the house, and the house isn't on fire. Oh my goodness. It's like, okay. But it's... I'm glad that they cleaned it up, and I'm glad that they're not going to just let it go to waste, because if you look at the pictures... It is
0: a really beautiful house. It is a
1: beautiful home, and the... I mean, if they do fix up and make it accessible to people, the upstairs is huge. It has it. It no longer has these balconies anymore. It was, like, knocked down. But if you look at the current pictures, there is a door still... Yeah, But no balcony. So it's just oh a God. floating door, and then the front door to enter into the house. Yeah. That's it's even more creepy. If you look at the old pictures, it looks yeah, yeah. gorgeous, like this beautiful estate. Mm-hmm. And if you look at current
0: pictures, you're like, oh, that house is fucking haunted, because yeah. there's a floating fucking door. I think – <laughs> and I'm sure it, a lot of that comes from things like H.A. Tomes Murder Castle, and there mm-hmm. was – I remember watching – um you yeah, know, one of the episodes of like Ghost Hunters or something, where they went yeah. to a house where it had a lot of those stairways to nowhere and doors that would open up to the and outside to nothing. It like and it was,
1: just, it just became so run yeah. down, and the and it was a wooden porch that just fell off.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. And they just didn't do anything with the
0: door. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, simple. the simplest <laughs> answer is the right one, mm-hmm. I suppose. <laughs> Words, yeah. Next one we're going to talk about is in Woodstock, Illinois. So Woodstock has this really great historic square downtown. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is really pretty. They, they I love Woodstock. I wanted to live here. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I, like,
1: Ugh. It's yeah. so expensive. Yes. Penny and sucks. Yeah. Don't live here. Guys, no. don't move here. <laughs> uh, but, Visit for the ghosts, but don't stay.
0: <laughs> it's a really, it's really beautiful, um, with trees and flowers and, like, in the winter they light up the square with holiday lights and stuff yeah. like that. Uh they, I don't know if they still do. They used to do horse-drawn carriage rides. I think they too, still do. The yeah, I yeah. Think so. um, <laughs> One of the things it's known for is it was actually the filming location for Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. I'm really surprised. But I thought that was just like I mean, everybody knows Woodstock because of that. We have like out yeah.
1: here, it's huge. Groundhog's Day is like yeah. a celebration that is had everywhere, and yeah. especially
0: in Woodstock. Yeah, um, Woodstock <laughs> also has Dick Tracy Days, which is which, not really of the any consequence. But lived here. Briefly. Yeah and that was about it. <laughs> one of the other things that it, the downtown Wissack Square is known for is the Opera House, um, which is one of the oldest continuously operating theaters in the country. It's I actually beautiful. did not know. Yeah. Um, and one of the most recognized historic theaters in the Midwest.
1: I'm really excited that you're doing this one because I've been in a couple musicals there yeah. and I hear stories about this place all the time. I've, once again, have never experienced anything. Heard anything, seen anything.
0: Well, and this one I I found really interesting because of the story behind the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so the opera house was originally built in 1889 and it has also served as city hall, the public library, the fire station and the police station for the city of Woodstock at one point in time (laughs) or another. Um, in the mid-1970s, they did a bunch of restoration on the building, and it still today is an active performing arts and cultural center um, and meeting place. They still put on a bunch of shows There's there and so events. So, yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. like, a central part, I think, of There's the community plays, in Woodstock. musicals, they yeah. have the orchestra... And now so they have events. the cafe connected to it mm-hmm. as well, which is really nice. Sometimes they do, like, live open mic nights, and yeah. it's a really little cute cafe. Um So the story with this one is of a woman named Elvira. Is this what you have heard? <laughs> yes. okay. The Elvira ghost story is what I've heard. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so let me, do you know the story behind the story? I, I
1: know a little bit about it. Okay. And I, it's just, I've heard so many people be like, it's not real.
0: So, so there's usually one of two things that people say about... Elvira. Uh, the most popular is that it was this beautiful young actress who jumped to her death from to- the top of the building's bell tower at some point in the past. I mean, not specific, <laughs> but um, that she jumped to her death from the bell tower for because she was in despair over losing the leading role in an upcoming ballet. <laughs> that's one story. It was her live stream to be in the ballet and she didn't get in. So she killed herself. It's um, only totally logical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the other wor- the other version is a little similar saying that Elvira is uh, a broken hearted woman that she hanged herself from, again, from the bell tower. Um, but that it was from a broken heart. And, but both of these stories also say that she occupies seat number 113 in the balcony. <laughs> yeah. No one's allowed to sit there. <laughs> as a permanent, do they actually black it off? They do. Yeah. So that she's like this permanent residence um, in seat 113 in the balcony. It definitely changes depending on who's telling it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those stories, like you said, you've already heard this. So like, yeah, it's one of those stories that has just been
1: around forever. And people, the people who work there, and the cast members and stuff, they're fully aware of the legend, and Mm -hmm. they fully, like, respect it, whether it's real or not. Like, people don't sit in that seat, and, you know, people are, don't. Talk about it in the theater. Everyone's yeah. like aware of the legend, which is kind of It's like cool, a Phantom yeah. of the
0: Opera situation. It's right? Like, don't speak about it. We know it exists. <laughs> so the some people have claimed to see um, the unnatural lowering of seat one thirteen. So if you think of like theater seats, they're in the up position, up position with like a spring or something like that. And so they see the seat lowering, or props being knocked off stage, um, or like an actual apparition of a blonde haired beautiful woman. They also claim that they hear approval or displeasure, like sounds of that from the seat in the balcony during rehearsals. Like if she likes something, she'll give you this positive sign. Or if she doesn't like whatever you're doing on stage, she will give you not a positive one. Um, and a lot of these are actors, and some of these actors are super superstitious, so... Yes. You know. um, the... <laughs>
1: Being an actor or a performer in general, they have a massive amount of superstitions. I was in a couple musicals and there was one woman who, she's crazy. Okay, she's crazy. She would lock herself in her room and would not allow anyone to speak to her. And she would have the lights off until they were ready to start. Weird. Yeah. She's like, you can't speak to me. No one can come and get me. I will – she, like, had a buzzer alarm, like, that you put on a stove, like, one of those crank ones. Really? To count down to when she would have to go on stage, and once she was out and started, it was fine. Then you could talk to her, the lights could be on, but until that show started, you could not speak to her, and no lights could be on in her dressing room. That's nuts. They're
0: nuts. nuts. (laughs) That's a little weird. Um – it's funny, because a lot of this... So, do you know who Shelley Berman is? He's an actor who was uh, most... Well, I, well, it sounds like he did a lot of stuff at Carnegie Hall, but he had little parts on the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Twilight Zone, if that, mm-hmm. I mean... Ages it at all, <laughs> um, but it is actually traced back to him as the inventor of this <laughs> Elvira. of Alvira. Of yeah, the legend of Alvira. Um, he did a performance with the Woodstock players in the late nineteen forties, and he was the first one to have claimed to see seat one thirteen moving mysteriously and um, rising up or down one night while he was alone working on the stage. (laughs) Right? Of course. Um, At the time, they were putting on an English comedy called Blythe Spirit. And it was billed, they say, billed appropriately as an improbable first. Paul Newman? Do you know Paul Newman? Do I know Paul Newman? I love him.
1: (laughs) I wish Bo was
0: Paul Newman. He also starred opposite the lead female role in that play, A Ghost Named Elvira. <laughs> so, it kind of came from there. Um, I was looking at an article from, I think it was from one of the McHenry, like the McHenry County Haunted sites or yes. something like that, um, where they did an interview with, um, I'm not sure if it was like a caretaker or what it was. They kind of joke about it and all of that kind of stuff, but... They really, I mean, there wasn't any recorded suicides or anything that happened there. Um, but, like you said, they do kind of respect this legend. legend. <laughs> um, I did find that they they actually the national Enquirer one one time did a story <laughs> of about course they did yeah right about Elvira, and they they did the story without talking to anybody in Woodstock. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Incredible newspaper. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it definitely kind of brings the nutcases out a little bit too. Oh, yeah. So, um, really, it's just kind of the the old legend of the opera house because it's like you said, an old building and mm-hmm. old buildings just come with old legends. And, yeah, it
1: has tons yeah. of history. Yeah. But it's just, it's fun but that yeah. people, you know, still are like, yeah, just, she's here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. She's yeah. here, don't sit in that seat. <laughs> yep. Mm hmm. Okay, so we're gonna venture a little bit further out from McHenry County. Okay. Um, This tale takes place in Rockford, Illinois.
0: Ooh, I saw this on your list and was very excited about it because yes, I've actually been here
1: before. Really? Um, It's a museum now. It's called the Tinker Swiss Cottage, and it's like on this large amount of grounds. There's a goat. My God! (laughs) Just a cat.
0: And we're going to an episode on, on hauntings, and all of a sudden there's weird noises coming from Tiff's place. <laughs> Tiff, is your house harming? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's good enough it for it. It is me. now. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the Tinker's Swiss Cottage in Rockford. Um, Rockford has a really great haunting community. They do Rockford haunted tours. We should definitely go on one.
0: I'm it's down It's pretty that.
1: inexpensive, and it, they go all over the place. It's amazing.
0: Um, it's interesting that you picked this one because I actually didn't know about the Tinker house until (laughs) it was probably like mid last year. A friend of mine. Well, Tiff, you know, Angie, Mm -hmm. um, went up there with her mom and was like, yeah, we're going to the Tinker house, blah, 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 blah. Um, and kind of told me about it. I thought, Ooh, that sounds really cool. It's kind of well known now
1: because they featured it on ghost hunters. Mm -hmm. Um, so ever since that episode on ghost hunters, the Tinker house itself does its own haunted tour. Um, but also, Haunted Rockford has it on their tour as well. So there's a lot of cool tours. I love going on haunted tours. The first one I ever did was in New Mexico. And we did, we went to the old Santa Fe, downtown Santa Fe. It still looks like an 1880s corral down there. Really? There is still brick streets covered in sand. All the buildings look like a Wild West town. It's creepy. It is really fucking creepy. Um, that was like my first taste of a haunted tour and it
0: was amazing.
1: I loved it. And
0: I've been so interested ever since. The only haunted tour I've ever gone on was actually, uh, one that we did downtown in Chicago mm-hmm. where they went to a lot of the major, you know, they did, um, the site of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. We kind of went by the site they of where Resurrection the Resurrection Mary. Murder-
1: that graveyard out there.
0: No. Oh. Um, we went by the side of like the H.H. H. Holmes Murder Castle mm-hmm. and the uh, Sausage King of Chicago, <laughs> that whole thing. We kind of went past there. So yeah, it was it's pretty cool.
1: Illinois, in general, has a lot of cool like haunted tours, and Haunted Illinois is like a huge yes. website to go on. It's
0: amazing. Yes, yeah. So- we'll talk about that at the end of the show, because... Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. Um, so the Tinker Swiss Cottage is in Rockford, and as I said, they featured it on Ghost Hunters, so, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the house itself and why, you know, people think it's haunted, and then we'll talk about some of the ghost hunter stuff, because sure. it's kind of pretty funny. Sure. Um, so, Robert Hall Tinker was born in December 31st of 1836 in Honolulu. Um, his parents were missionaries. Uh, they were uh, Reverend Reuben Tinker and his wife, Mary Throop Wood Tinker. Um, if you know anything a little bit about his family the very well-to-do, They're very prominent uh, missionaries of that time period. So his family was kind of famous. Um, So the Tinker family moved to Rockford in 1856 and um, they were really well-to-do. They had gone through Europe and all over the place and they were so impressed with the architecture of Europe that when um, Robert decided he wanted to build a house, he came to uh, the Rockford area and he bought this giant plot of land. This, I mean, I wish I would have loaded back then so I could buy 300 acres for $10. Yeah. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, But he was so impressed with the architecture of Europe that he decided he was going to build the house here um, in a Swiss cottage style. Okay. So hence the Swiss cottage name. Um, so it is a 27-room Swiss-style cottage built on a limestone bluff overlooking Kent Creek. So it's this huge estate with rolling grass hills. There's a forest tree line on the outside. There's a beautiful creek. It's very picturesque. There's like a row of trees in front of the house. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So in 1870, Robert uh, married Mary, um, and they became one of Rockford's most affluent couples. And they did all this charity work, and they had all these parties come um, onto the property. They rented out their property for people. They worked with a local orphanage, and they would have kids come and stay, and they would host these children, um, you know, just kind of like livening their spirits, because they mm-hmm. lived in a shitty orphanage. Obviously, their life sucks. So <laughs> they would come, and they had horses, and they had all these events and activities that these kids could do, and then they would spend the weekend there, and then they would ship them back to the orphanage. Um, <laughs> Just <laughs> ship them Just yeah. send them away. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Tinker became mayor of Rockford in 1875. He was a founding member of the Rockford Park District. He was the CEO of Northwest and IC Rail Lines. Like, he was filthy fucking rich, and yeah. he had his hands in everything. His wife, Mary, kind soul, loved to help children, she died in 1901. And basically immediately after she died, they didn't have children or anything. Um, It kind of sounded to me like maybe she couldn't have kids. Okay. After she had died, he had decided to marry her niece, Jessie Hurd Tinker. Okay. Wait. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he married Mary's niece, Jessie. Um, it was considered a, a marriage of convenience. She was past the age, considered a marrying age. She was like fucking 25. Okay. She was past Mary. She was already considered an old spinster.
0: I mean, if that's the case, I'm, like, way past my prime. I am even further yeah. <laughs> past the
1: prime. Tim, Tim
0: we're getting dirty like, looks for Who is, to be fair, a little older we than We are just a bunch of
1: old spinsters we're on all, a podcast. Past, yeah. um, so she was past the point of marrying age. So he married her out of, you know... Pity, basically. This sounds terrible. But after, like, immediately after they got married, she adopted a child from one of the orphanages that they had been working with. Oh, so nice. okay. they adopted a kid. His name was Teddy. Um, I think it was in 1908. Yeah. So they lived together for a while. Um, on the th- December 31st, on his 88th birthday, Robert died in 1924 um, of a heart attack in his study. So upon Robert's death. Jessie created a partnership with the Park District, um, where she was going to give them the land Mm -hmm. and the house would come after she died. So she was allowed to live there until she died and the Park District would take over the house as well. That's pretty cool. So, um, she died in 1942 and the Park District acquired the house and they turned it into a museum in 1943. Okay. Um, they didn't do anything on the land until she died. Like they were super respectful because um yeah. Robert Tinker founded the park district. Yeah. He was like a board member until he died. She was a board
0: member. Well it's um, nice that they were able to set that up before they passed away so yeah. that they could ensure that the house would be taken care of. I don't know what happened
1: then- to the son. I guess he moved yeah. away. They didn't really say anything about him. I mean he was just adopted, so who cares? No. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh,
1: orphans. Uh, <laughs> <wah>. uh, <laughs> So, um, the interesting thing about the land that they had bought, it has all of these, you know, weird, cool things. It was one of the first graveyards in Rockford, um, on their property because they, like, gifted it to the city and it was used mostly for people who were poor, um, orphans, you know, bums,
0: things like that. Yeah. Um. People who weren't claimed by family.
1: So they had this... The first graveyard, and it was mostly people that, you know, couldn't afford it, and then eventually it became so large that people were buying plots there. Um, it also had a burial mound <laughs> on it that he was not aware of when he first purchased the land. It's a Native American burial ground that's a pre-Columbian conical mound. Okay. So let me give you a little don't know, I
0: don't know what any um, of that means. Okay,
1: so pre-Columbian <laughs> means...
0: Before Prior to
1: Christopher Columbus coming here. Okay. So it's fucking old. Okay. Like pre 1500s. Okay. A burial mound. And a conical burial mound, um, in Native American... Is it a cone? It's, so. <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> I'm using when, my context Yes, in here. <laughs> it's a cone.
1: They bury their family members in, um, a circle. And okay. then they put more dirt on and then they put another layer of bodies and then more dirt. So, um, the circle is very important in native American culture and in their identity. They believe that life is a circle. You die, you come, not necessarily reincarnation, but your spirit is put back into the earth only to come back up again. Gotcha. Whether it be, you know,
0: yeah, through nature of another animal. And
1: so, um, conical mounds are very sacred. They stopped doing that after the what people came because <laughs> yeah. they were just fucking bulldozing these burial sites over because you would not know it existed. It grows yeah. in just to a giant hill basically. Yeah. So there's a pre-Columbian burial mound on there, the other graveyard and um, the, <laughs> there was a home for children put in for Terminal children that stood on the property for about 30 years Um, in between 1900s and the 1930s. So it was for kids who were dying. Yeah. Uh, so this is where (laughs) all of these things together is where the hauntings start to come in. So the big thing that they talk about when they talk about the hauntings is that they hear children. They hear children's voices laughing and crying and they hear playing, um, not just in the house, People see stuff on the entire property. So Mm -hmm. basically, it's not just a haunting of a house, it's a haunted plot of land. So no one has said much about, like, seeing a Native American or anything like that, but they said that they've seen um, a woman walking, there's like a little bridge that goes over the creek into another area where you can like sit, there's benches and stuff. Um, They say that they always see a woman crossing the bridge and going to sit on the bench on the other side, dressed in white kind of like a late 1880s garb. Um, They say that it looks like a a wedding dress. So they're saying that, oh, you know, it might be Mary Tinker, who used to live there. Lots of kids, lots of crying, you know, things like that. Um, They say that there is (laughs) they hear a woman talking in one of the rooms saying how trains bring death and sadness. Which is why I kind of mentioned when you were talking about that train track and stuff, there was uh, a train accident, I believe it was in the 20s, twi- there was one in the 20s and one in the 40s. There's kind of close to where this area is, and a train mm-hmm. derailed and killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, not his second wife, but there was a- another woman that lived with them that was related to her. Um, she had vehemently said that she hates trains and she does not like trains and that accident was terrible and it trains her. she'll never want to train. Um, I think it was like her second cousin or something like that. So like distant relative that lived with them for a little while. Sure. So supposedly you hear this woman talking about how much she dislikes trains and trains bring death. Um and then there is another character that can be heard um upstairs where the children's – the Teddy's room used to be mm-hmm. a woman singing an Irish lullaby. Now, he did have a nanny, but I don't know if she was Irish. Okay. It doesn't say anything about that, but they say that it's his nanny singing a tune to him when he was an infant. Um, So, <laughs> I – was researching this, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the Tinker's House cottage, because it's fascinating. I love this yeah. place. It's beautiful. If you look at pictures of it, it's fucking gorgeous.
0: Yeah, and it is one of the more well-known ones, I think, and in it northern kind of, away. like, if
1: you just look at that, it's just a cute <clears throat> little cottage. Yeah. Um, Which
0: is hard to think that there's, what, 27 <laughs> rooms in there? Yeah. Is what you said? It's, yeah. They're all really it tiny. It looks small from the outside, but, like,
1: yeah. Um... But if you look at some of these pictures, doesn't it kind of remind you of the interior of my house?
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually, it is like a dead ringer for Janelle's house. It looks like yeah. my house that I live in. <laughs> um,
1: so it creeped me out a little bit, when because I was like, I don't remember some of these things, because some of the rooms were not, obviously, accessible when we went to visit. But I was like, that fucking looks like my living room. <laughs> Crazy. So there was a episode of Ghost Hunters that did like an overnight stay. Um Ghost
0: Adventures, not Ghost Hunters. I'm sorry, there's too oh, many ghost big stories. Difference. There's a big difference. There this is a big difference between Ghost Hunters. Okay. Well, well, to be fair, they're both on sci-fi, I think. Are they? Yeah, Ghost Hunters is started well, on sci-fi. Now
1: I'm getting all confused. And Ghost <laughs> Adventures
0: are the really... See, I feel like Ghost Hunters... It's not
1: the guy with the fucking hair
0: who's jacked with the muscles who's like, Come out, Ghost, You're a fucking asshole! That's Ghost Adventures. It's not that one. Okay. It's Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters, <laughs> I think, is definitely the more reputable of the two. Like, yes. they take their, I think, personally, I feel like they take their <sighs> yes. shit ghost a hunters little more seriously. Okay. That's why I'm like, there's I, a big difference. I got ghost confused Avengers, because crazy the guy attachment. who does
1: the gadgets for Ghost Adventures... I'm going to talk about it okay. <laughs> so I was confused for a minute. Got there's it. There's too many ghost stories. Got it. Um. So they did, like, an episode of Ghost Hunters there, and ever since then, it's been blown up. People want to come in there, and there's, like, all of – there's a, an article done by the Beloit Daily News that, like, chronicled a bunch of people who had went on the ghost tour that they had started doing after the Ghost Hunters uh, aired. I'm just talking about people hearing all these voices and seeing children, and just, if you can, look it up. Um, just put it in, like, Tinker Swiss house, Swiss cottage haunting, and you'll find all these fun, fucking amazing articles. Mm -hmm. But there was a group that went in there and did their own separate investigation after the fact. And let me find, they did two investigations. One was in 2011, October 21st of 2011, and the second one they did a follow-up investigation on August 17th of 2013. This is the Ghost Research Society. They had a group go out there and spend the night in the house the first time, and then a different group come and spend the house in, uh, I think it was two nights the second time. They did EVP recordings, they conducted a thorough investigation, and I have to tell you, it is... Is it cray-cray? It's nonsense.
0: Okay. Aww. so the
1: <laughs> the thing about ghost hunting and all of these shows is they have all this crazy equipment that sort of kind of like reads, you know the temperature, and that Mm -hmm. picks up voices and things like this. What this group uses is an ovulus device, okay? Do you know what an ovulus is? Is that like the EVP recorder? It's an EVP recorder that specifically translates the EVP into words. Oh. So usually people will record something and they will try to decipher what is being said in this EVP. They'll slow it down. They'll break it apart. Yeah. What an Ovulus does is it automatically translates that EVP noise that you're recording into words. Super fucking unreliable. Funny. It's fun. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, oh, what the heck, what I is have never heard say? of that
0: before. Yeah.
1: So, it's, it's, what the specific, the Ovulus is the brand, but it's called an instrumental transcommunication device so an itc okay um so what they're what they say is that it trans it converts environmental readings into words okay (laughs) okay um why i brought up the ghost adventures is because the guy who created this he also does like uh all of the equipment for ghost adventures he does not believe in ghosts
0: Really, but he, he makes all the ghost but he makes the equipment. equipment. He says,
1: "I am a scientist. I believe in exploring the unknown. Sure, I don't personally believe in ghosts, but from what these you know, the way we see ghosts and hear ghosts, I help create these devices to help try to capture what we hear and see. So the f- right. there was that a, sounds fucking a little sketch to me." It's real. I love scary. that picture. This I know. I'm gonna put this up when we do this up but like
0: it it's, literally, it's like a flashlight on a guy wearing a sheet. Yes. Basically. So
1: the this quote I'm gonna read this quote because I this encapsulates everything that scares me about ghosts because I'm like, see, this is why I wanna believe but I can't. So the inventor says he built hundreds of devices and performed countless experiments over the last decade trying to understand the phenomenon of EVP and instrumental transcommunication. The unmistakable conclusion he wrote, it is us. We're the ghosts. (coughs) What? Saying that there are no ghosts. We're hearing these things. We're making these things up in our head.
0: We're trying to grasp at these straws. (laughs) I'm thinking he's putting forth this theory that all of these things that we're hearing, (laughs) they're the actual real people, and we're the ones (laughs) that are ghosts. No, It's like the Matrix. Um, He's saying there is no ghosts, because we're the ghosts. We're the
1: ones that are making this shit up and hearing Uh, these things and seeing these things. I mean, the human brain does fucked up weird shit. So I could see his point. But the ovulus is something that he helped create. It is $355. Wow. (laughs) And I'm going to play for you a few of the EVP recording sessions that the Tinker Swiss Cottage investigators went through. So the Ghost Research Society went in. It was five people on this night, and they recorded (laughs) all of these different things. And so at their conclusion of this, they said that we believe the building was active on that evening – we in this investigation, we both heard disembodied voices, sounds, saw shadows, and direct responses during our EVP sessions using the obulus. However, the wooden floor made a lot of noise when walking on it, and there were a lot of extraneous other sounds and unnecessary talking during some of the EVP sessions um, that we conducted, including the red room, which is like the considered the big haunted room. So it was hard to differentiate sometimes when they were doing the EVP whether you know they were actually picking up voices that. From the house, or if it was, like, accidental noises that they were hearing. Okay. Um, so,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to
1: play one called uh, Eight. So, during the EVP session in the library, uh, two of the investigators suggested uh, that the person recording the EVP mention the number eight on the Ovulus and see if, they picked up any information about
0: the number 8. Is the number 8 significant in any way, or is it, it just It never a, mentions
1: anything like, about it. Like, they have oh, us Okay. Alright, I'm ready. Um, I don't understand why they were talking <clears throat> about 8. I mean, nothing in the research that I've done has any relation to the number 8.
0: Okay. Just a I, random I, I don't gotcha. understand.
1: Okay. okay. So, <laughs> this is why this is so funny to me. Ugh. So we're gonna play this
0: stupid EVP. <laughs>
1: George. Yeah. Uh, when you start up again, uh-huh. uh Keep the I'm, keep the number eight in mind with your questions. Okay. Let's see where that goes. Actually, I have been, I've been asking for a head count. Oh, okay.
0: But I will do that. Let me give like uh, two, three more minutes. Okay. And I will keep eight in mind. Earlier, you mentioned number eight. The of the Do you Shut up. Wow.
1: Shut the hell up. Whoa, whoa, what would just by the light? No, George. George. Yeah. When you asked and reversed about the number 8, Dale, yeah. tell him what happened. Yeah, I would have said 8. I that it. yeah, it's um Dean, the,
0: there were 8 of us earlier. Yeah. I, um, that was freaking awesome timing, man. What yeah. yeah. happened? That was cool. Okay. So what my in just audio clip, oh
1: just from what they're saying is basically so they were asking the ghost to give them a head count of 8 people. And you heard it went arr, arr, arr. It was just a bunch of beeps and, yeah. like, blips of, oh So that, that
0: was the ovulus.
1: That was the ovulus okay. picking up the noise and saying what the noise said. Got it. <sighs> okay. So <there's laughs> you have another one? That we're going to do an EVP recording session from the Red Room. Um, they're going to talk about how there was, like, a cold draft in there and all this other bullshit. Um, so the Red Room is, like, a sitting room. Um, there's a bunch of chambers, tables, it's just, you know, a standard waiting room. Um, I, in my research, did not pick up anything in there, of like, uh, talking about the Red Room or why it's a significant room in the house. Yeah. It. It's just where they entertained people. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why they think this room is so significant. Um, so, <laughs> i gonna listen to this one now.
0: Think a vent? And
1: no, this is very uh, heated There's or no, there
0: no heat air there? vent. I actually feel a brain right through here. Okay, who's in here with us? And it's cold, isn't it? Oh, there's
1: this cracking by the window but there's this little place in the floorboard
0: mm.
1: and I'm definitely feeling air come up from it. Okay. So that's got to be where it's of
0: made downstairs or something. Good to bunk.
1: You can come out into the room with us. We don't mean you any harm. And we're
0: not going to run. I think I've seen the baddest thing in the house that uh, didn't make me run. Look up? No, dude. M? Because that's how she got me before, is by telling me to look up. M?
1: Is this you? (laughs) It's like,
0: what the fuck? (laughs) Well, okay then, that Um, was something. Yeah, so,
1: that's why I'm kinda like, and the Ovulus device is absolutely nonsense. You should not fucking use it, okay? It's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna also bring up the ghost hunters. We're not going to do like the whole fucking episode, but there's through the red room to run an EVP session in the hallway. We are later surprised at what we discovered on our IR camera in the red room. It appears as though something was watching Steve, the cottage's executive director, the problem is, the cameras we use have hunters. no viewfinder. <laughs> the only way to watch what's on these cameras the company.
0: was at yeah. our command central, two floors down in the basement. We'll repeat that again. Watch as we walk through the room. The camera smoothly follows Steve. I emphasize smooth because if you notice, there was no camera jiggle at all, which is what you might expect if this
1: was a result of vibrating floorboards as we walk through the room, no cords were pulled loose as though Steve had tripped on oh. them. So they're just saying that and the, the camera may create movement on the camera. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, so that video so, clip we might put up on the website or the Facebook yeah. page, it basically was explaining this camera movement.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> I just. I can't even. Um, that was Ghost Hunters America, or whatever the fuck that place was called. Um, I will put up the Ghost Hunters episode if I can find clips from it. It's kind of difficult to find um, when we put this up. But it just... I mean, it it could be haunted. I i don't know. It's, probably, it's thinking, probably just
0: as likely as everything else being haunted, you know? I mean, every
1: time someone mentions there was a cold draft... I live in a house that's 100 years old. Yeah. There are rooms that are naturally colder and rooms that are fucking hot. Yeah. It's 100 years old. Unless you've had it redone, there's drafts, there's cracks. The house settles all the time. Yeah. I hear noises in my house all the time. All the time. Because yeah. natural fluctuation of hot and cold.
0: Right. Yep. I can totally see that's that. That's like I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, this is why, this is exactly why I need some sort of substantial proof yes. to, to really get behind the idea, yes. but, I don't know, we'll so see. So,
1: with with that being said, yeah. okay, I want you to convince us that yeah.
0: ghosts exist. Yeah, totally. Okay,
1: I want you to send in your stories to us, and we will do a couple listener episodes. I want you to convince us that ghosts exist. Tell us your story, tell us your experience, convince us. I'm on the fence. I wanna believe. I do too. I'm like, you know, Scully. I wanna believe, but you gotta show me evidence. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> well. Shoot, I guess on that note, go um, home and creep each other yeah, right? the fuck out. <laughs> We're really quick, gonna run down our social media stuff. I know we kind of went on a little bit on the last yeah. one. So <laughs> hit us up at Facebook at the Bad Taste Crime Cast. You can hit us up on Gmail at the Bad Taste Crime Cast at gmail.com. Go to our website TheBadTasteCrimeCast.com. Uh, on Twitter at BT Crimecast, yes. on Instagram at badtastecrimecast, badtastecrimecast. Bad Yes, You can check us out on Patreon, Patreon, at the Bad Taste Crime Kiosk, if you want to donate for our episodes. mm mm-hmm. um, If, I mean, we're doing a contest, but who knows,
1: by the time this comes out, we might oh, be yeah. our first. <laughs> but if not, be the first one! Yeah, so, come in at the $5 level, we're going to be sending out um, a special little gift basket we're putting together with creepy cool things. Mm-hmm. Um So, the first person at the $5 level will get that awesome prize. It's going to be... Amazing.
0: And as always, we're going to put our challenge out to you to mention us to five of your friends or five of your family members or five of your co workers. Um, we don't do any advertising. The only way we advertise is word of mouth. So we are really relying on you guys to get the word out there. If you do, let us know and maybe you can get a shout out on mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. We'll which. Read
1: your story. <laughs> what story? We'll read. Their story. They send us
0: a story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Read that story. I thought you were telling me to read a story right now. I'm like, I didn't have anything prepared for (laughs) now. Read a
1: story now. Uh,
0: (laughs) I do have one shout-out, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, but HauntedIllinois.com, is that Mm. what you were talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, actually, uh, Adam Drundle, who is the owner of HauntedIllinois.com, is a very good friend of mine. Oh. Oddly enough. I don't know if you do that or (laughs) not. No, I didn't. Um, They do a (laughs) lot of really, really cool (laughs) stuff over there. There is a lot of... um, like, haunted places directories over there. Oh, yeah. He's done a great job of compiling that all in one location. We went through a couple of them one Halloween a few years
1: ago. We're like, we're hitting up these three spots. Yeah. We're going to see what it's all about. Yeah. Also, Nothing happened.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Also, when October uh, rolls around, they have a directory of haunted houses in Illinois. Like, mm-hmm. for entertainment, not like, you know, hauntings, but... Haunted Houses for Entertainment. Houses. yeah. <laughs> um, that really, I mean, they do reviews and they kind of let you know. So definitely check it out. HauntedIllinois.com. He's also got a Facebook page and Instagram. Um, he, it's real cool. I'm sure mm-hmm. he'd love it if you check it out. Do you have any shout-outs this week? Um, as promised, I will start reading some of our uh, oh, yeah. iTunes
1: reviews. Yes. I'm going to start with the last one. Um, it's short and sweet. So this person gave us five stars. Their handle is Bitch McGee. Yeah, thanks, Bitch McGee. Thank you, Bitch McGee. They said, first time listener. I really enjoyed the first episode and I am looking forward to listening to more. Keep it up, girls. So thank you, Bitch McGee. We appreciate it. Um, If you leave a review on iTunes,
0: let us know um, and we will read it. (laughs) yeah and then as per the usual i have one suggestion for a new podcast uh have you listened to missing maura murray yet no so good tell me uh so missing maura murray is about the case of maura murray in new hampshire i believe it's upstate new hampshire in 2004 uh she went missing what happened or what they know is i think i know this case though there was a car accident and she wandered off well they don't know there's no way you could say for sure that she wanted okay. off, but basically there was a car accident. Um, at one point in time, a bus driver came upon her, said he was going to call the police, went back to call the police, and by the time the police got there, she had gone missing. Yeah. And she has not been found or seen since then. So mm-hmm. they take a really interesting look at the case. They kind of talk about... It's it's kind of cool, because it really is just two guys. They started making this podcast because they were making a documentary out of the case, and they mm-hmm. kind of wanted the podcast as a companion. Right. Um But it's these two guys kind of trying to parse out these details of this case and really figure out what is going on. So definitely check it out. It's super good. It's what I'm listening to at work right now. So um, <laughs> I really, wish I really could good. listen to podcasts it's at work. It's awesome, yeah. I get through it so much faster if I could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I'm listening to podcast. I'm literally listening to podcasts eight hours a day at work.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is why
0: every week I have a new suggestion. <laughs> yes, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, our sound and editing is done by Tiff Weech. Thanks, Yay. Tiff! Our music is by the infamous Jason, Jason Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he becomes famous, he's going to be like, yes, Jason Z. Don't you know me? Don't you know Jason, Jason, Jason Z? Z. <laughs> uh, this has been the Bad Taste Crime Cast. I'm Vicky. And I am Janelle. And we will talk to you next time. Z. Bye. Bye. boo police are calling the hillside the strangler has
1: murdered ten young women and left their bodies on the hillsides along the highway. It was as if a
0: wave of evil washed over this town.
1: We are all evil We're in some form or another.